Catholics have been putting their faith into action for 75 years in the Diocese of Joliet, and we have a lot to celebrate. This podcast episode is one of a 14-part series being produced for our 75th anniversary. I'm Justin Reyes, one of the co-hosts for the season, and I lead the Department of Catechesis and Evangelization. And I'm Michelle Dellinger, the Director of Communications. Together, we'll interview a wide variety of clergy, religious, and parishioners across the diocese. We're so happy you're here with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of our 75th anniversary series of the Faith Into Action podcast. And today, rather than interviewing a guest, Michelle and I are going to be having a conversation about a very important person for the Diocese of Joliet, St. Francis Xavier. That's right, Justin. Unfortunately, we could not interview this uh, 16th century saint, but he led a fascinating life, and we're going to discuss today in a kind of a top 10 format. So um, just yesterday, we commemorated the Feast of St. Francis Xavier, who is the patron saint of our diocese, of course. And we'll find out why he's our patron, along with some facts about his personal background, his mission in the church, and of course, his travels. Okay, Justin, so you want to get us started on the first of our facts? Sure. So as Michelle said, he's our patron. Let's find out why. It's actually connected to the very first bishop that we had, had Bishop McNamara. So before his appointment, Bishop McNamara was pastor at St. Francis Xavier in Wilmette, a church in the Archdiocese of Chicago at that time. But that's not the only reason he chose this saint. St. Francis Xavier is the patron saint of missionaries and our new bishop felt that he was going into missionary territory. And Michelle, I'm so grateful you found this quote from the sermon at his installation. But he said that the priests of this new diocese would be laboring under the same difficulty as foreign missionaries. He said, quote, There is little difference between the paganism that surrounded St. Francis Savior in India 400 years ago and the paganism that surrounds us here in these seven counties. Wow, how about that for a vision for our diocese? But um, he was picked because our first bishop felt we were in need of this missionary saint for new missionary territory. And I love that um, our patron is the patron of missionaries with St. Therese of Lisieux, who many have a devotion to in this diocese. The Shrine of St. Therese is here. But we are indeed still in missionary territory. Bishop Hicks talked about it in the first episode, that we're called to share our faith wherever we are. So I'm just so grateful. And now we have a new statue dedicated to him outside of the Blanchette Center, the home of the diocese. But I'm really grateful to have him as our patron and intercessor. Yeah, that's right. So now that we've established that connection to the diocese, we'll dive into some personal facts about who St. Francis Xavier was. Um, So fact two is that St. Francis Xavier was a Spanish Jesuit. He was born in Spain in 1506. Um, And Justin, guess the name of the town he was born in. Barcelona. (laughs) It was Xavier, of course. The northern Spanish town is just east of Pamplona in the Basque region of Spain. And Francis was the youngest son of uh, kind of a fancy guy, the president of the Royal Council of the Kingdom of Navarre. He literally, St. Francis, literally grew up in a castle, a castle of Xavier, which still exists today. It's complete with a drawbridge and towers and dungeons, and uh, the castle is 
today the target of a pilgrimage site each year in early March in honor of St. Francis Xavier. So if you're planning a trip to Europe in the spring, you might want to check that out if you're in Spain. Very neat. And you know what's so neat to learn about his life is like many saints, he was born into a wealthy family, a noble family, actively chose, willingly chose a life of poverty like St. Francis of Assisi. Um, really need to know that about about our patron saint and why he's he's such a model for us. Um, so more on that. Fact three, still connected. He was born into a noble family, and his father was a lawyer, and he eventually became the finance minister to King John III. But he died when Francis was only nine. Reminds me of St. Pope John Paul II, whose father, um, actually his mother died when he was very young. Then he also lost his father a little bit later in life. Um, so there was some tragedy early on. But when he was 19, Francis went to study at the University of Paris. And by the time he was 30, he had studied theology and earned a master's degree in philosophy and taught the subject. So he really put everything he, he had into his academic studies. He took seriously that commitment to learning, using the gifts God, that God gave him. And we, we see later on how that, that helped him so much in his, in his ministry endeavors. Yeah. And in fact, those college years were really pivotal to his life. And fact four is that St. Francis Xavier's college roommate was Ignatius of Loyola. How about that? That is such a cool fact. Yeah. And as fellow students, Ignatius was increasingly an important influence on Francis. And in fact, in 1534, they took vows together um, and they were ordained in 1537. And, you know, I'm not sure who ran the theology department at University of Paris, but they certainly produced good fruits there, right? No, and there's there's a saying that saints come in clusters, so it's not surprising that uh, these two went on to great things together. Well, and they, in fact, founded the Society of Jesus, or the Jesuit Order, and uh, in 1540, these men started what would eventually become an order that now has 17,000 priests and brothers and scholastics in almost every country of the world. Absolutely. Certainly missionaries. Um, a very important thing to the Jesuits is is their faithfulness to the Pope and going where the Pope wants them. And our, our Pope right now is a Jesuit himself. Um, That's right. So fact five, uh, St. Francis Xavier was sent to the Far East in the year 1541 when Pope Leo III, again, a, a papal connection here, sent missionaries to the Portuguese colonies in India. And at the time, this was a very dangerous journey. He had to sail all the way around Africa, cross the Indian Ocean to arrive in Goa, a province in India. And what's so neat is he had a holy pen pal because he was writing letters to St. Ignatius of Loyola during this time. And if you were able to join us for the novena, if you missed the novena leading up to his feast day, Pray it, pray it now. You can pray it any time. Um, but if you read that Novena of Grace, it's on our website. It has excerpts from some of these writings within it. So, so neat that we have these archived, but I just love how their dialogue and interaction kept up as the years went on and they continued to encourage each other as they were both serving in different parts of the world. Sure. And while I was researching this, there are a few books that include all of his letters. But yeah, our Novena includes excerpts from some of the letters that he sent back to Rome or other people. Um, and so, because of his travels, um, and he was 
converted so many people and uh, in the missions that he set up along the way. So fact six is how many people he converted to Catholicism. His missionary travels took him to Kenya, Somalia, India, and Japan. Historians rank Francis uh, among the greatest missionaries in Christian history. And depending on who you ask, they, the, the numbers are really widely varied, but they guess that he baptized somewhere between 30,000 and 100,000 people. Yeah, that's amazing. I think we really need to take more and more pride in our great patron. A few ways you can do that is you can see our, our newly commissioned statue at the Blanchett Center, which, which is beautiful and a great reminder to all of us that work here as we walk into this building, what we're here to do. You can go to the cathedral, and the statue here is modeled after that. And we also have a St. Francis Xavier Parish you can go visit that has some relics of St. Francis Xavier. Um, so sure. he's, he's just a great reminder of, of why the church exists. We're here to go forth and uh, make disciples. So um, fact number seven, one thing that aided him uh, in these endeavors was he was known for his gift of healing. So he would have miracles of healing— uh, that occurred frequently in his ministry to poor villages, and that helped convert people. They would witness God doing these things through him, and and uh, it would cause them to to want to have faith in Christ, just like when we read about the apostles and the acts of the apostles and the things that God was doing through them. So I just encourage all of us to, to ask for his intercession. The saints want to have a relationship with us. The saints want to pray for us. We have so many churches with lots of relics. I'm sure we'll talk more on that in future podcast episodes. But connect with the saints. Ask for their intercession. And why not uh, start with St. Francis Xavier, the patron of our diocese? Sure. And, you know, I, again, I read that because of these healings, entire families or entire villages even asked to be baptized. Wow. So that's why his numbers um, were so prolific. But uh, fact eight is that even though he was such a great evangelist um, and converted so many people, he died when he was only 46 years old um, off the coast of China. So after he spent two years in Japan, he traveled to this desolate island off the coast of China, I guess waiting to gain entry into the country. Um, but he contracted a fever and never recovered, and he died there in 1552 on December 3rd, mm. which is, of course, his feast day now. And that's the end, the last day of the novena, and as well as the date of the statue dedication that we just had. Very nice. Well, I'm I'm assuming it's chosen not just because it's the day he perished from this life, but the day that he was born into eternal life, the hope for all of us as Christians. So, fact nine, though, uh, kind of alluding to that to that fact of what we believe that he is now with our Lord in heaven is his body is incorruptible and is still interred in the Basilica of Balm Jesus in Goa, India. So his body was first taken to Portuguese Malacca, but shipped to Goa two years later. His body still attracts a huge number of tourists from all over the world, especially during public viewing events that are hosted every 10 years. Wow. Um, in 16... 16- 22, this is a great fact you found, uh, Michelle. Jesuits in Rome requested that his right arm, which was his blessing arm, be sent to them. So the glass-encased arm is normally kept in Rome's Church of the Jesu, but there have been public tours featuring the relic. That's right. I, I read about a really long tour that was in Canada, I think, just a couple of years ago. So um, that's something that still people can um, experience. 
And then, you know, fact 10, we're almost done here, is just a kind of a reader reiteration of how St. Francis Xavier is um, incorporated into our diocese already. You know, we talked about the new bronze statue of the saint here at the Blenshut Sorry, Center. Sorry, Michelle, I got excited about this fact. <laughs> I said it at like number three and a half, I think. But yes, please. We're going to just remind people again, uh, we have this new statue, and um, there are, and that, that statue is actually designed after the one at our cathedral. Um, and in one of the corners, uh, by the doors of the cathedral, you'll see... Um, the statue of St. Francis Xavier. And then, as Justin also mentioned, we also have a church named after our patron saint. And it is one of the um, most recent churches to be added to the diocese, built in uh, 2002. So it's a fairly new church. Yeah, it's a beautiful setting out there at that parish out in the country. I think even the website says Church in the Corn or something like that. It's a beautiful place, a nice place of, of pilgrimage. And a nice time to make a pilgrimage to a church is on the feast day of that saint. So maybe next year, or mark, mark his feast day and visit there with your family that day. But there you have it. There are 10 facts about St. Francis Xavier, the patron of our diocese. We hope you found this fun and educational and uh, helps you think about how this might apply to your faith. The saints are real. They want to have a relationship with us. So let's ask for their intercession and try to model uh, their lives of holiness So be sure to tune in every month on the first Monday of the month. We will be broadcasting new episodes. And next month, I'm really excited to have the pleasure of interviewing Father Gregor Gorsik about his experiences as a Eucharistic preacher during this time of the National Eucharistic Revival. God bless. Thanks for listening to the 75th anniversary edition of the Faith into Action podcast from the Diocese of Joliet recorded here in our studios at the Blanchett Catholic Center. New episodes are released on YouTube and podcast platforms the first Monday of each month. Please remember to subscribe and share the good news of Jesus Christ. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith into Action podcast of the Diocese of Joliet. If you like what you heard, please share it with others and make sure to subscribe. We plan to have monthly episodes where we continue to share how Catholics are putting their faith into action in the Diocese of Joliet, and you can too. God bless. God bless.